Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. It is post-Christmas. Did Santa give you guys a lot of loot? Yeah, I got a new coffee maker, so uh, I'm surprised uh, Brunts doesn't come over and join me for a cup. Uh, Brunts, I've learned, has a very, very specific way that he has coffee now, so I don't know mm. if your new coffee maker would fall under that category. Yeah, I, I started getting into the pour over. I'm a coffee asshole now, Brian. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to work for you then. <laughs> Our relationship what, what, is just not going to work. What what kind of uh what kind of rig you working with over there? <laughs> it's it's just a better, slightly better kind of version of a Keurig machine. <laughs> it's nice. not. The, I feel I I was all excited about it until you just uh, talked about pour over guys, and I'm not a pour over guy. I'm not is not it, in that league. Is it a single cup thing, or are you still doing twelve cups at a time? Um, it can do both. So it's it's a multifaceted machine, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I've, you took this thing away from me. My stinger's gone after <laughs> after your pour over comment. Not at all. Not at all. I I just slunk down in my chair after you said that. I was like, oh, oh man, Brunswick has gas station coffee. I, I, it's not like it's church coffee. Church Mike, coffee. Did you, Mike, did you get anything fun? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I got good stuff. It, it's a weird, um, if I can go with a side tangent here, it's a weird thing to have to like put a list together as a 33 year old uh, for your parents and then for your future in-laws parents in the same year in which you're also having a wedding. And you have a gift registry for that. And so it's like you're trying not to you're trying not to get stuff for the sake of getting stuff, but you can't also just blanket put like we need cash. That's what we need. So it's uh you know, I, I got some good stuff. I mean, I got a new pair of moccasins that I uh will allow me to use the other moccasins to basically just wear out in the snow as I do anyways um that's that's basically the most exciting thing i picked up i only had half of my christmases though so i still have yet to see my parents but when that happens uh, i'm sure there'll be some uh some explosion of excitement that comes out of that too so so essentially you're just continuing to go back to the well hitting people up for gifts all year is what you're saying yeah basically um i was gonna talk to you guys about this off pod but i'm thinking that you two should host a uh, an engagement thing for me since no one else had <laughs> Um, and we can just zoom in all the people from 24 seven who I don't talk to very much. And then they can send gifts as well. <laughs> That's uh, we could maybe work that out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine the great gift that Steve Wilfong would give me. So uh, maybe he'll give you a, his watches get bigger by the year. Maybe he'll, uh, he'll give you one of his old ones with his, his training watch, wheel watches. His watch could probably pay for a part of the wedding. So um, you know, it's it's got that much bling to it, but we'll uh, we'll digress. We'll dive back into what we're here to do, which is talk about Nebraska athletics, which don't really have anything going on. Nebraska basketball played a few times. Uh, we've seen some news come out, and we'll actually start with this Nebraska football. Some seniors have made decisions. Obviously, we knew about Brandon Hymas and and Connor Culp, but since we last spoke to all of the good listeners here of the Husker twenty four seven podcast. Several other seniors have made decisions as well, including Bo Wilson, Jack Stoll, DiCaprio Boodle. Which one of those do you want to start with? We'll go with Michael Brunts on this one. Uh, let's talk Jack Stoll. 
Um, yeah, I knew GP wouldn't take him, so I'm yeah, glad. Well, I, I may as well get it out <laughs> of the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's particularly surprising um, that, that Stoll is, is moving on, although he had the injury issues this year where, you know, he, he might have perhaps thought about, you know, getting a full senior season. But I, I think he's like a lot of these guys where, you know, he's been around school for five years. You know, I, I don't really know, at least from an NFL perspective, what more he's going to show, I guess, that, that would potentially help his draft stock. And, I mean, we can talk a little bit about each of these positions, I guess, and what it means. But, I mean, I, I think it's this is the first decision and, and the first shoe to drop in, in kind of the, uh, the youth movement that's going to be coming in the grass's tight end room over the next couple of years. I mean, you have Travis Vokalek for potentially two more years, Austin Allen for potentially two more years. But, uh, you know, it, it's – uh, in the middle of January, it's the Thomas Fedoni show. You're getting James Carney in. Um, AJ Rollins is coming in later. So it, it's kind of the first uh, decision there that, that uh, you know, I, I think is going to bring along a much different looking tight end room going forward. I, I want to say this for Jack Stoll. Um, it's unfortunate he didn't get to have the senior year that I, I think he might have been able to have if that injury hadn't occurred. And, and what was that? Was that the Ohio State game or the Northwestern game where he took that hit? Uh, Ohio State. And it, it certainly seems like Nebraska was going to use their tight ends more. Austin Allen had a great year. I'm not sure if people know this, but I think he was second on the team in receiving and then had the most yards per catch out of anybody. He had some of the more explosive downfield plays, and he had several memorable plays for Nebraska. So they were able to get their tight ends involved, and I think Jack Stoll would have been part of that had he been healthy. But he – you know, I, I really appreciate um, – working with him throughout the last few years. I mean, I, I give Brian a bunch of, of crap, but I, I know that he would agree with this. I mean, he was, he's always someone that was willing to speak with us and, and walk us through where things were at and answer the, the sort of what has to get tired when you play the position, when people ask all the time why you're either not getting the ball or what's going on in this offense that limits the tight end potential. And I, I really do appreciate that. And I think that, uh, I think he's a pretty solid tight end. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to catch on as a potential practice squad guy somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, um, he, he he was definitely what you said, and so was uh, DiCaprio Boodle. Yeah, jump, definitely DiCaprio Boodle. I'll jump to him. I mean, Boodle was a guy who, and I said this on social media, uh, good or bad, and there was a lot of bad. Um, when you talk about all the losses during the career here, he was always a guy who was up front, uh, willing to take on questions after the toughest defeats and, uh, a very good player too. I know the interceptions weren't what people hoped. And sometimes there was people screaming for him to turn his head a little quicker, but I'll tell you what, he could cover guys, uh, and he could cover them very well. And he took some very gifted wide receivers out of the equation on certain games like last year against Colorado he did a number on LaVisca Chenault in that game that they lost but he played really well um, he helped shut down Jahan Dotson um, this year along with Cam Taylor Britt so he is a he's a guy who uh, you know I, I he's a little smaller so I, I don't know what his pro prospects are if he's maybe a fringe free agent guy but I think people have to look at it these guys have some of these guys have been in college football for five years now yeah. They're, they're like 23-year-old men. And so I see some people scoff like, oh, why is that guy coming out early? 
it's disingenuous to act like guys are leaving early, quote unquote, like that's the same as it normally is. That, this is a totally different equation, unprecedented event where you're asking guys who have played college football for five or six years if they want to do it yet one more time. Some of these guys just want to get on to the next phase of their life and whether they succeed or not as pro athletes, they just want to take that turn and, and give it a try. And if they don't succeed, you move on and you become part of the workforce. You know what I mean? So I think that's where these decisions in some part are coming from. And there's not like there's a lot left for DiCaprio Boodle to even prove, I think, at this point. I mean, I, I just don't know that he's going to raise his draft stock any if he were to come back and he play another year and then he would be a 24-year-old going to the NFL, the same questions about his size are going to exist regardless of which year he goes in. And his production speaks for itself. I mean, the pro football focus numbers for DiCaprio Boodle are really good. I, I feel like he has a number of pass breakups throughout his career. He did only have that one interception, but that's not how everything has to be measured. And as Brian said, I mean, he's just an incredibly high-class guy. I, I think that he's one of the really great success stories of this sort of time period in which the wins on the field weren't what people wanted. And I understand that. And then, you know, the, the cynic in you can say, oh, look at this guy. He's just trying to find a silver lining. But think about how DiCaprio Boodle ended up at Nebraska. It was through a satellite camp. It was through a 40 time. They were his only offer. And then he turned out to be a four-year starter and a good one at that. And you can mock the interceptions or you can wonder about the production, but it was there. And this was a guy who, like Brian said, showed up and spoke to the media even when he didn't need to or didn't want to, but he did it. And he did it with a great attitude. And, and I'm always very appreciative of those guys. And uh, I know that this is such a weird time <laughs> in Nebraska football, but people like DiCaprio Boodle really matter in this program. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed covering him. I mean, he was just a, yeah. a good guy to be around. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska, we all know Nebraska needs more first-team all-conference guys. They need to find eventually all-American types. But if you look at it a different way, if you walked into DiCaprio Boodle and met him like 20 years from now and you didn't know anything and he's like, oh, do you, you played college football and a guy told you that, oh, yeah, I, I – I started three or four years at Nebraska or a power five school. You'd be like, Holy crap. That's impressive. You know I mean? Sometimes you got to step back a little bit and think about we're, we're hard on the guys that we see play so much because they're always in our view. Uh, but what they accomplished is something a very select fraternity actually does. Cause there's a lot of guys we write a lot about who come through this program and they never play it down or they don't play much at all. And then, I mean, Boodle's a guy who played for four years. So that, I mean, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. Boodle's, Boodle's an interesting case too. He'll, he'll run really well, um, which will help him. I think he's probably a little bit bigger than maybe what people think um, when they see him play. I don't know. It's, there's so many of these guys that are seniors that are, you, you can kind of talk yourself into, like a free agency type guy uh, and getting a spot that way. And, and maybe they will, but I, I think he's at least going to get on some radars because I think he's going to put up a really, really good time uh, at Nebraska's pro day. Bo Wilson was another guy that moved on. He had kind of an interesting career uh, at Nebraska was brought in by Mike Cavanaugh and Mike Riley's staff in, in 2016 and was someone that, you know, at times was talked about as a center at times was talked about as a guard 
at times he was talked about as he was the best freshman in the offensive lineman and then Mike Cavanaugh wouldn't play him and people were upset about that. But Bill Wilson has a number of starts to his name, uh, played well for Nebraska and is someone that I suspect is going to be a nice transfer portal addition for someone in college football. Uh, but I, I do think it was the right decision for all parties involved. I don't think he was going to start for Nebraska next year. I think they've got a lot of young offensive linemen that they're excited about and that they want to see. And it's, it's kind of time for, for some of those guys to emerge, you know, a guy like Michael Lynn, this is his opportunity to go win a job. You got uh, Nori Newelli, the, the lineman transfer from Colorado state. You have Ezra Miller from Iowa. I mean, that battle is going to be a lot of fun this spring. I don't know how much we're going to see about it, but it's certainly going to be fun to ask Greg Austin about it. And I, I think that it was the right decision for Bo Wilson, who again, you know, is a uh, started what 20 games in his career and is certainly someone that Nebraska fans knew of. He was, he was honorable mention all big 10 as a, uh, a sophomore. Yeah. People forget yeah. that. Remember, he lined up at fullback and had like a monster block, and people were pretty pumped about it. Um, <laughs> I, I think he struggled with injuries some. Um, this is one of those deals where it's it's good for Bo, but it's a good sign for Nebraska's O line that you know, like the guys that were young that people hoped would jump right into the mix did. So I mean, Piper, uh, we talked all off season we thought he could nudge his way in there and he did. Um, and Piper had some growing pains, but uh, it's going to be exciting for that group because you've got now three freshmen and a sophomore probably as your favorites to start uh, amongst the five. And now we'll see what Farniak does. That's going to be a, an, you know, an interesting one. He hasn't announced yet. Um, I guess people probably assume he's leaving, but I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, so we, we've kind of run through the guys that, that recently put their name in, but there's some big ones that are still out there. Who's a guy that you're waiting to see? You know, I, I think there's at least five or so that uh, you could really talk yourself into that it would be big for Nebraska if they were to return. Who's a guy, BC, that you're looking or, or waiting on, you know, that, that, you, that decision could really mean something? I'll save uh, probably the good ones for Bronze. Um I think the secondary with Boodle's announcement last night, it would be really nice for Nebraska if like one or two of those guys uh, returned. And when I talk about those guys, Cam Taylor Britt, of course, is one of them. I think Cam Taylor Britt's as big as any fish that's out there when you talk about hopefully he comes back for Nebraska in 2021. Um, I sort of ex expect both safeties, Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke to leave. But I could see where it would be really useful if one of them just decided, you know, I'll, I'll stick around one more year like a Dismuke. But, you know, Dismuke's a guy who's 23-2 right now, something like that. And he might be ready to move on with his life. Uh, but if one of those guys pop back, it could be of aid to Nebraska because they are going to basically be starting over in many ways in the secondary, um, especially if uh, – if Cam Taylor Britt were to leave. So that's why CTB coming back is just giant. And I, I think it's better for him if he does, but we'll see. Yeah. That's another big decision too, that he's not a senior, but certainly might have the most hype of any non-Brandon Hyannis player on Nebraska's roster with the NFL at this point. I, I agree with the safeties. I don't think that that's a, 
you know, Diedrich Mills is going to get talked about a lot. Ben Stilley is going to get talked about a lot. Jojo Doman is going to get talked about a lot. But those safeties, you look at that, and I wrote about it on the website uh, for more of a recruiting angle of finishing out Nebraska's 2021 class. They're going to be in the portal looking for safety help. If, if they don't get Markel Dismuke or Deontay Williams to return, they're going to have to go find somebody. And, you know, whether it's Russ Yeast from Louisville uh, or some of these other guys that they've looked at, they've missed out on a couple that have already committed elsewhere. And Nebraska needs another safety. And it, it sounds crazy because it feels like they've had such a veteran group for all three years that Scott Frost has been there that it seems like they should have some guys ready to go. But that Miles Farmer injury and the timing of it is just one where it kind of makes you a little hesitant about what else they have back there. And so I, I, I'm very curious, you know, how they finish this thing out. And if they don't find a transfer portal guy, maybe they look at Ryan Held's connections in the junior college rankings. Uh, and so I, I just think that um, you look at what Nebraska has elsewhere in that secondary you like the corners you just don't want to be in a situation where you have guys learning on the job and teams are going to be able to throw on them and so yeah. I, I think that's going to be you know really really valuable uh for me and and i mentioned the name earlier ben stilly is, is kind of the one that i'm mostly curious on because you look at that defensive line they don't need them to come back they they essentially they have a, a pretty good unit that's being formed there, but it certainly wouldn't hurt to get a guy that, again, these are pro football focused numbers. They had him as the number one uh, or one of the, the four best defensive linemen in the big 10 this year. And I don't know if people would necessarily have thought that, but he played really well. And some of it is, you know, certainly by virtue of getting to play uh, eight games compared to some other schools in the conference, but he, he played well. Uh, he was involved, I felt like, a lot around the quarterback and getting them uncomfortable. He didn't have that many sacks. And honestly, the defensive line as a unit didn't have that many sacks. And I was kind of surprised when I looked at that. But I think if Ben Stilley were to come back, it would give you Stilley, Rogers, Robinson. Then you find out, you know, where things sit with, with Keen Green and, and Jordan Riley. And it gives you a little bit more time to bring along Nash Hutmacher, and then you can kind of introduce Mosai Newsom. I don't know what's going to happen with DeAndre Thomas. That was a guy that it just hasn't felt like it has worked. Um, and he's going to have a couple years. I think he's got a big decision ahead of himself. Uh, but I, I just kind of feel like he's been passed up. But I, I could see where Stilly wanted to return because he's a Nebraska guy and this program means so much to him uh, to try to leave it on a little bit better footing because it's just been four years of an uphill battle for him since he's been able to play in 2017. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's a good one. I mean, I, I've sort of, we, I put up a poll on our site about which senior would you most like back? And I think Doman was winning and that doesn't surprise me due to his versatility. Uh, I, I don't know what your feeling was. If you listen to Doman after the Minnesota game, which was senior day, he sounded like a guy who had played his last home game at Nebraska, but he hasn't said anything yet publicly about what's next for him. Um, Will Honus is a guy who played the best football of his career last year, and you would gladly take him back. He's not a position I worry quite as much about because I think they have some good middle backers and Reimer and Henrich, and I'm really excited about to see what Chris Kolarovich does uh, coming in from Northern Iowa. Uh, but he's definitely someone you would gladly take back. But um, to me, uh, the more I've thought about it, not to go – all back to the DBs, but that Cam Taylor Britt decision is if there is one to be made by him is so huge. Now 
because you want at least one guy like that that locks up a spot in that secondary. Otherwise, that is a full makeover. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a unit that could really be hurting. Brunts, you do you got a guy that you know? We've covered a lot of the the guys on defense. Is there somebody else you want to mention here? Uh, I mean Mills is the biggest one to me. Did you guys hit on Mills? We have not. So that that one is big and. I think the reason is, is that his decision ultimately kind of determines, I think, what Nebraska does in the transfer portal um, and, and where they kind of allot their scholarships. Um, if you get him back, I think it's uh, you know probably less likely you see Nebraska dive in and find somebody. Uh, if he decides to move on, I think you absolutely have to, um, given what's coming back, what's unknown, uh, I mean, you just don't have much returning production at all there. And you have to you have to be able to run the ball with the running back. I mean, I think we've seen when Nebraska has been clicking in the last couple of years that the, the running game has been uh, with the backs has been part of that. So that's an interesting one, too, where, you know, I, I think in, in fits and spurts, Mills has shown what he could potentially do at the next level but he hasn't been able to do it with enough consistency yet. He's also a guy that's on his third uh, academic institution. So, you know, th th that's kind of the, de the decision before him. But I, I think that one more than any has probably the biggest impact on what Nebraska ultimately does with its remaining scholarships this spring. Why would Diedrich Mills trust that Nebraska would use him any more than they did when he was healthy at the beginning of this year? I guess I, I, I have such a hard time figuring out what the, the carrot is for Mills to return to Nebraska. I, I understand if you want to increase your profile before you go play somewhere, but you'd be committing back to a place that didn't use you in the way that you should have been used until the ninth game or the eighth game. I, I just would have such a tough time with that if I was him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's been – I don't think he was as healthy as maybe what people thought this season. Um, you know, certainly they didn't go to him at the beginning of the year, like you said. But, I mean, that's that's part of kind of the pitch, I guess, to him is, you know, look, we we saw what we could do you know, late in the year with you. You know, this is the plan. Um, you know, whether he takes them at their word or not, I guess, is the decision that he has to make. But, I mean – He's not going to be playing college football again if it's not at Nebraska. I don't. I don't think he's going to go somewhere else. Right. But I don't know that. I don't know that he has the body of work right now that you would, as an NFL team, say like, "Oh, okay, you know, this, this is a guy that uh, you know could potentially make our roster." I mean, it, he kind of needs that Divina Zigbo type senior season, and and you know, I, I think Nebraska needs to to make him more of a priority for sure, but. I think at the same time, I, I think he needs to be able to show that he can do it consistently too. I'm curious if there's one of those guys who maybe think, you know, we always assume that everybody is like just chomping at the bit to play in the NFL. And I'm sure they, you know, if they can do that, they would, but a lot of guys might realize that that's not really going to be out there for them or it's going to be difficult. And I do wonder if a couple of these guys we are talking about, can take a realistic view of the situation and say, you know, maybe a year from now, I'm not even on a roster. If I make a jump right now, why not do this one more time where I'm the center of attention and playing big time football and 
I don't know. There, I, I'm curious if there's a couple guys who will who will be like that. And uh, you know, some guys kind of realize college football is about the end for me. Um, I don't know that Mills sees it that way. I think he probably sees himself as a guy who could play at the next level. But I'm curious if there'll be a couple who are like that. All right. Any any other seniors or any other people you want to mention before we we close out the first half and uh, come back strong with a, a strong second half of this podcast? I've been uh, I've been moving the wheel around the basement the last few minutes, so I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for some wheel. Well, before we get to the wheel, let me mention Wyndon Hohuli is set to announce on January 2nd. That, I believe, is Saturday. And it'll be a decision during what would have normally been the All-American Bowl game, uh, but they're doing a declaration weekend. I think it still looks good for Hohuli. Blair Angulo from 24-7 Sports was on my radio show on Tuesday, and he said as much that he right now feels like it's it's Nebraska – the team that Nebraska has to most worry about is probably not in the Pac-12. It's actually right next door at Kansas State. They're probably the team that's made the biggest push. So we will uh, we'll see what happens with Hohuli. He's a, an, an intriguing linebacker that you know would allow maybe Randolph Kapai or Seth Malcolm to move to outside linebacker. Nebraska could be well on their way to taking a fifth inside linebacker in this class, which means some of those guys are going to have to move. Uh, but we will find out more and certainly we'll talk more about Wyndon Hohuli if he does end up picking Nebraska on January 2nd. So I wanted to mention that. And now we're going to take a break. But when we come back, the wheel returns one final time in 2020. And I'm told that some of the topics on the wheel have a lot to do with the upcoming year of 2021. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, and we are back, Brunts. How does that wheel look? Did you did you get it repaired? It's pristine. It's pristine, and we might have a sound effect at some point if the wheel lands right. So get ready for that. Um, should we just should we just get right to it? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, wow! Wow, guys, that was emphatic. <laughs> I think it. time for the wheel. Okay. By the way, did you guys see Texas last night? They're back. Texas is back. Um, all right, there we go. Uh, so this was a, a Mike Schaefer special. So assuming that you guys are uh, excited about Nebraska volleyball and high on optimistic on their chances, 
What Nebraska sport are you most optimistic about in the 2021 calendar year besides volleyball? You gonna Brian Christopherson. Okay. All right. Um, I am going to say, uh, I'll say men's basketball, but it's not for the current season we're in. <laughs> it's, it'll be when we pop back, hopefully under very normal circumstances or close to normal in uh, November. And I think these guys, if he can keep this roster mostly intact, I think they're going to learn their lessons. They're going to take their lumps this year. I think it's going to be kind of a long first half of 2021. But if they can stick with, with it, I believe that he's got some parts that will work over time. And I think you'll, I think like next December, it'll start to be fun. Um, that's my prediction. I largely agree with Brian. Um, mostly I asked this question to see what Bruns had to say about Nebraska baseball for 2021. Uh, I don't know if any of us are overly confident about Nebraska football at this point. I think we're all intrigued, uh, but I, I don't know if anyone's quite ready to, to say that program. But I, I, I also kind of want to know a little bit more about baseball. I know the difficulty is what schedule are they even going to play is going to play some something into it but that's kind of the the program we haven't thought a lot about and their season starts pretty soon they uh i I, i'm bullish on nebraska baseball i think i think they've addressed needs that they had in in the very limited time that they were on the field last year they they're deeper on the pitching staff i think some of the roles that they're kind of playing around with shay shannonman positionally potentially transitioning to a starter role Colby Gomez potentially moving back to the bullpen, uh, I think are the right ones. Um, a couple of freshmen, I think Bryce Matthews, Max Anderson are going to get a lot of at bats and they, they've got some intriguing guys. Um, you know, I think Spencer Schwambach is going to be all over um, draft boards for, for teams this year. And Mojo Haggy's back for his 12th year as a Husker. So I think there's a lot to like, um, like you said, the schedule is going to be a mess. I mean, I think it's going to be really limited. It's going to be conference only. I'm curious to see if they actually end up playing the conference tournament in Omaha. That schedule release, I think, will be very, very interesting because, as you guys know, the Big Ten always seems to forget that they do field baseball programs and some very good okay, baseball yeah, programs. Play in the finals. I, it doesn't matter, Mike. Oh, okay. they, they were probably – they had probably already moved on to – um, you know, fall camp or something like that by that point anyways. I was really hoping you were going to say something about campus eats. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they probably were showing that during the College World Series repeatedly, but um, yeah, I, it, it'll be, it's, I, I think Nebraska has the potential to be very good. And I, that was going to be my answer was I, I'm very, very bullish on Nebraska baseball. Yeah, I figured you were, and so I just kind of wanted to, to sneak that into the, the podcast to provide some optimism for fans as they go into 2021. Uh, what else? What else here, we got on the list? Here's your – I'll ask this for your question. You, you're you more tied into volleyball than I am. Is Does Nebraska volleyball win the national championship this year? Yes or no, go. They have the most loaded team. I mean, they they have the deepest team that they probably had in – in such a long time with the number one recruiting class coming in. And then you return so many of those pieces, Alexi Sun, Stiverns, uh, and so many of the players that they were already counting on anyways that are, are going through their final run. And, and 
the way that they've talked about it in the past is reminiscent to that kind of 1993 Nebraska football team that, that was close and didn't get it done. And they, they feel like they have some unfinished business. So we will, uh, we'll see how they play. I mean, it's, they're loaded. They, they obviously have a great coach. They, they have a very, very deep team. What's going to be interesting. And I think what cook is going to relish about this year is to try to mesh the new pieces in with the the established ones without messing with the chemistry too much uh, because you want to see what you have with some of those young players and so uh, I that's a it's a good opportunity for us also to mention we should be covering quite a bit of volleyball here in 2021 as well and so I look forward to to, to doing that as well and we might be talking about it on the podcast too all right we'll give it another spin here um, I, I hope it lands on the one that I'm thinking it's going to land on Man, have you been working out? That was impressive. Yeah. Um, okay. So, also look, also looking ahead to 2021. Right now, regardless of sport, who whose hype train are you hopping all aboard right now as we turn the calendar to 2021? <laughs> that, that was all for that, wasn't it? Like we don't even have to answer now. You did. Well, you got. You got what you needed out of it. I, w- I want to know because you guys, you, you guys let the Ty Robinson hype train pass by in the fall and giving you an, another chance to hop on another train that's coming through here. Can you play that? There it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, I, like I, got, I got a hype train as it specifically relates to football that I, I feel like I'm all aboard. There we go. Uh, Xavier Betts. I mean, I, I think he's going to be potentially Nebraska's leading receiver next year. I, I really like, what Xavier Betts does. I know Wondell Robinson's still on the team for those people that are gasping in horror at that comment, but I think that Xavier Betts has so much upside just talking with coach Huffman at Bellevue West and, and certainly the way that Nebraska views him. I know he didn't get used as much as what people wanted, but he still got his feet wet and he's going to go through a spring now and he's going to come in with so much more knowledge into fall camp next year. And I think he's going to easily be, the number two option uh, next to Wandale Robinson. And I could see where he has that big play explosiveness. Wandale might lead the team in receptions, but I could see where he leads the team in yards. And so I, I'm really excited about Xavier Betts. I, I'm actually kind of excited about that wide receiver room in general. Don't tell anyone. I don't think you're supposed to be. Uh, but I, I think that that group could be a lot of fun in 2021. Um, and so I, I, I really like Xavier Betts. So that's the hype train that I am that I'm going to be pushing right now. All right. Brian. What is that, by the way? Is that like one of Daphne's toys or what do you got? Yeah, that's the, uh, that, that was one of the stocking stuffers this, this year was a uh, train whistle. So, yeah. but it was actually given to you by Daphne. She allowed me to use it. She's sitting here wanting it back. So make this okay. fast. All right. Um, I will say, I don't know if this is allowed, but I'll say uh, the middle linebackers as a whole, I'm on the hype train that they're going to be good for the next couple of years. Cause I, I just like the personnel there. I like Reimer. I like Nick Henrich. Although I wonder if he's going to bounce around cause they might be a lot of questions on the outside of that defense. Um, as uh, Schaefer has mentioned in this very podcast, they've sort of stacked up a lot of recruits that could fit in there. And then I really like Chris Kalarovich, just what's on his resume coming in from Northern Iowa and he's got two years to play. 
And so we've always sort of looked at the middle of Nebraska's defense and said, eh, sort of wavering, needs to get better. You need to feel like that's on solid footing. And I felt like last year, with credit to Colin Miller and Will Honus as seniors, who sort of helped lay the groundwork, I feel like it's in a sturdy spot right now. And now they can they can uh, even make it better with some of the young guys. So um, I'm on the middle linebacker hype train. I'll go hoops. I, I think uh... – I mean, it's, it's not a stretch to say that a five-star player should play and play often uh, for a team, but I, I've been intrigued by the amount of fanfare that Nebraska basketball afforded Bryce McGowan's after he signed, committed and signed. Um, the, the discussion from Fred Hoiberg about, you know, what he can potentially do for the program, big picture, I, I think is, is notable. I – I agree. I'll, I'll agree with Brian that Nebraska basketball is, is trending up, um, but it, it's probably going to be the tail end of 2021 before you see that. So I will, uh, I'll, I'll climb aboard the, the Bryce McGowan's hype train right now. And, uh, and actually that, I, I think that recruiting class as a whole is sneaky good with uh, Wilhelm and uh, Tominaga, the, the junior college shooter. I like those three guys. And uh, like Brian said, if you can keep this group together for the most part, um, going into next season with some continuity, that, that's going to be an old uh, group. It's going to be a veteran group, and you're adding some, some talent into it as well. So I'll, uh, I'll hop aboard the McGowan's hype train right now. I feel like – oh, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the floor. I, 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 I will give you the, the advantage. All right, can I get the noise to make sure that I can I can take control of this train? <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, I, I just wanted to say this quickly about Nebraska basketball. I know that they don't have wins from those first couple games against Wisconsin and Michigan, but you had to be at least encouraged that they they look like they belong. Like they're not good enough to be a forty minute team yet, but they they're hanging in there. Um, I I really feel like they're going to steal some wins in this conference. Like this conference is just insanely good top to bottom. And I think Nebraska is part of that because you don't really get an off night. If you play Nebraska, like you still have to go hard. You still have to go out there and, and you know, you're going to be playing guys that I think have legitimate chance of being uh, in the NBA, especially with Banton. And so I, I like what I have seen from Nebraska in conference play so far. And I, I'm really curious uh, what scalps that they're going to put on the, uh, the wall by the end of this year. I feel like the toughest thing for Fred Hoiberg is it's, it's going to be a mental challenge um, for, to get guys like, let's say they go like five and 15 or something, but they're playing these games where they're competitive, but you're always sort of on the wrong end by 10 points or so. You have to be able to keep guys thinking like we're not that far away, even though basketball is harder than football to me in that way, because you play so many games, you know, like it, it's a, such a long grind where you could be close, but if you're close and you play 20 times in league play and you're most always on the wrong end of it, it's very hard. I would think to keep guys encouraged and seeing the big picture. So to me, that's going to be the biggest thing for Fred Hoiberg um, is getting guys to believe that and see, see the vision that, Hey, this is not, this is just not that far away. You got to grow from these things and, and not let it uh, knock you down or, or make any guys want to pick up and leave or anything. All right. Is that, you got time for one more? Sure. Quick one. 
I have nothing but time. Okay. Last one. Here we go. Which former Nebraska player, and it can be in any sport, has the best season as a professional in the 2021 calendar year? This is this was this was uh, influenced by Isaiah Roby's 19.7 rebound effort last night with a thunderous dunk that ended up on Sports Center. Isaiah Roby is currently on the Omaha Racers as being played through my uh, NBA 2K game currently. Hopefully they hopefully you're winning quarter points. That's how you do it in the CBA. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. They had awesome uniforms too. The Racers. You'll have to get 2K. You can see them again. They're great. I'll send you a picture. Okay. All right. Who you got? Shape or go? Uh, best 2021. I am going to say a tie between Sue and David because they're going to be playing in the Super Bowl in 2021. Whoa. As the Bucks are going to get there from the pretty eh, NFC. And I think the Bucs are going to win it. Even though Tom Brady has a noodle arm, uh, I just think that they have, between their offense and their defense, they're going to be a tough out. I think they'll peak at the right time. And I, I think Levante David and Sue will be playing for a Super Bowl. Brian? Uh, he t- he kind of took my answer. I was going to say Levante David, because I feel like he's the best Husker um, going right now in pro sports. And uh, the Pro Bowl never recognizes that, right? Um no, but uh, no, uh, maybe maybe 2021 is the year that season next year when actually 2022 is when it'll be recognized and he'll get his what he deserves. But I would say Levante David uh, as my answer. I love watching him play. And every time I watch him tackle, I always get flashbacks to that stop he had against Penn State on fourth down, which mm-hmm. remains the greatest Husker tackle I've ever seen in person just like how textbook that was stopping a very good running back from getting forward for, you know, 10 inches. That was just like an impressive, that was one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen up close. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the comeback story in 2021. Uh, Rex Burkhead returns from a knee injury suffered this season and has a career year for the Patriots. Um, they're not going to be expecting much out of him. I don't think the Patriots are going to be very good, but they, they Rex will will finally get his due as a uh, a a spectacular running back, and not just the guy that works hard. <laughs> that uh, that's going to be tough. That's a tough injury. Yeah, the stage in your in your career. It's it's going to be twenty twenty one on the calendar, but Amir Abdullah might get a few carries on Sunday. Dalvin Cook will not be playing for the Vikings. And uh, I think they're down to their third and fourth string running back. So if you want to fear Amir, you can watch him take on his former team with the Lions. Actually, that's that, that's no better one, than the lead-in that, uh, that that game will probably get on the broadcast. Yeah, there's, uh, there's really no reason anyone should watch that game. Um, I will, but there's, there's really no reason anyone else should watch that game. They should make America watch it. It should be a nationally televised game just to like humble people from the start of 2021 that there's no guarantee, no guarantees that it's going to be a better year. We got to set the bar low for, and then I hope it goes up from there. Brunch, how are you feeling about your Broncos? Uh, is the season still going on? 
They play the Raiders this weekend, and I really need the Raiders to win. Oh like, yeah, you do, I don't need you? the Raiders to win. Yeah, no, uh, I I think I think that uh, the Raiders will should win. Although Denver has a way of winning these games that don't really matter for any other purposes besides yours. Yeah, the Raiders have a way of losing games in the last seconds that are inexplicable when they could have triggered an over wins bet that I made earlier this year. But nonetheless, we got anything else we want to finish out with? Uh, no, we're done. I, I'm, I'm done. We got to the Raiders portion of the podcast. It's time for us to go. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7. Got plenty of stuff going up. I've got a series going on of how Nebraska can finish out its 2021 recruiting class. BC with a really nice story on Gabe Irvin and Malik Williams winning a state title for Buford. Check that out. Brunch has dropped in with some good stuff on basketball as well. Uh, also, and Brunch, what else have you been doing? Sorry, I, I, I didn't have anything handy for you. The bas- basically, basketball is, is where my attention is now. All right. Well, and soon it's going to be baseball because they are uh, they're going to start practice here pretty soon, right? Allegedly. Allegedly, they are starting practice. That's no, you no, no schedule, but they, they're going to practice for something. Well, that sounds like the Big Ten if we've ever heard a conference <laughs> before. Big Ten baseball, catch the fever. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let the people go. Maybe the wheel will return. This is our, uh, our podcast for this week. We'll be back next week with more on Husker 24-7.